Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, it's Chris and Christina, Real Life Mentoring Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about Real Life Mentoring. We have been on a series of what we affectionately call the six areas. What are we talking about today? Uh, when we talk about mentoring, we focus on six areas. They are the spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, relational, and professional. Or if you're currently working on your education, it'd be in the educational area. So right. we've covered a few of these, and today we're talking about the area of professional slash educational. Slash. Yeah, slash. <laughs> Educational. Right. So as always, we want to give you some uh, reference of why talk to a mentee about these areas. Well, because we really believe the six these six areas, it, it's what comprises a person. And so if you are a person living on the earth, you are either getting an education, you have a job, and your job will directly impact you in other areas of your life. Chris, travel back in time. How, when you were getting your education, did you have a mentor to help walk through that process? What was that like? What could you have used? Since we're talking about why talk about this. Well, we we appreciate the opportunity to be very practical with you guys, the listeners. Yeah. And so I never had a mentor growing up. Uh-huh. And are you, are you referring to high school or college, going to college? Either one, yeah. Well, you know, it should have started younger. Uh, someone should have been talking to me about classes I would take in junior high and high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called middle school, I guess, now. But yeah. yeah, someone should have been talking with me about, Chris, what what, what do you think are your gifts? Where, where Where's your bent? Like, are you really good at this or that? So an example... I found that I was gifted more in the area of speaking and mm-hmm. writing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no one told me that. I kind of had to just figure it out myself. Yeah. But I also had a mindset that math and science are not for me. Yeah. They could have been, I think, mm-hmm. much more. But I didn't have anybody, anyone walking the journey with me to say, hey, let's look at this together. Yeah. And especially when I was getting ready to graduate high school, you know, we had... And I guess they do. They still do today. But we had what was called a a counselor. Mm-hmm. I don't remember having a conversation with any counselor. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have uh, straight A's. I didn't have colleges asking me to come to their college. Even more so, I needed a counselor to to say, "Hey, Chris, let's look. What do you want to do in the future? Do you want to go to college? I want to help you take mm-hmm. some steps to get there." Right. And we've had discussions in the past. Both of us, I think, feel very alone in our journey. I knew that college was not, that that I was going to college. I, I, I did too, but no yeah. one talked about it with me. But I had no idea. I just thought, well, I like this. Like I started as a drama and theater major. <laughs> that was not what I wanted to do. I just kind of figured out things by myself. I didn't have anybody walk with me. And when I, I laugh when you say counselor, like a a counselor, or what do you call it when you're in high school? You have a what? Somebody who lines up your classes for you. An advisor? Advisor. My advisor was just like, what's your major? You need to take this. It wasn't, hey, why don't you take this assessment to see the things that you're really good at. You're talking about in college? Right. Okay, in the beginning. Yeah. So we both had to figure it out. Therein, the reason we're talking about this, if you're a mentor, if you have the privilege of walking with somebody, maybe you're a mom to a young adult or an aunt or whatever, chances are 
when somebody is in high school, college, they feel very transitional, enter the conversation with them. Hey, tell me about your classes. What are your hopes for the future? Just opening doors to talk to people is huge. It's you know, beneficial. Do you know what's asked to a lot of students when they're a senior in high school? What are you going to do? What are you going to do with your life? Yeah. Most don't know. And why should they know? They're yeah. 17 and 18 years old. But what if, uh, instead of asking it that way, what if you say, hey, have you thought about what you think you might like to do in the future? And if not, no stress. Yeah. Uh, let's have a dialogue about it. Maybe I could help you figure some of that out. Right. You know, we say, why do we talk about this with somebody? Well, for the six areas, one area always will affect the others. So I think about when our daughter decided to take a gap year. We've had, we have three daughters. Two of them decided to take a gap year. It was kind of a struggle because that was not so much a thing. You mean a struggle for you? No, no, no. For her in the U.S., while other people graduated from high school and then the next step was, you know, a different education. I see. She took a gap year. How did that impact her socially? Well, she didn't feel as confident when she'd go into, and everybody was talking about what classes and what their major is. And she's like, oh, I'm taking a gap year to figure out what I want. That illustrates why talk about the professional and educational because it affects relationships. It affects your mental, emotional, spiritual. It affects everything. Well, Therein, the reason why we're talking about that. Many years ago when I started college, I probably should have taken a gap year. Mm. But you know what that was? It wasn't even on the radar. It's called being lazy. It, you're being lazy. <laughs> Graduate high school in May. Get your butt in gear yeah, and start college job. by August or get a job in the meantime or have both. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with, with some of that. But there wasn't even an option. And so my freshman year, I did not do well. I was not ready to start that quickly. Mm -hmm. Now, my circumstances were very different. I had no support system whatsoever. Yeah. I was totally on my own in every way. Uh, but taking a gap year for me probably would have been really beneficial. However, not left to myself. Yeah. I could have taken a gap year and tried to figure things out on my own. Mm -hmm. So I don't advise that. If you, if you need to take a gap year... If you're in that time frame in your life and you think you're supposed to take a gap year, find a mentor, someone who could help you in that year to look at your situation, look at your future, look mm -hmm. at your past, and have a plan. Yeah. And then you will be much more uh, prepared to start college or that career job the next year. I just think it's so, it's such an opportune time if you're someone who has an interest in getting involved in another person's life when somebody's in college. That is such a time filled with transition and stress and wonder and excitement and depression. I mean, it's all there, right? Like, oh, what do I do this semester? Or, oh, this is my last semester. What next? Yeah, we we learn from our own mistakes. I took 4.5 years to get two majors because I just didn't know what I wanted to do. Why did you phrase it that way? 4.5 years. I don't I, know. I would say four and a half years. Well, okay. anyway, it doesn't matter. But I did as well. I yeah. took four and a half years, and I'm surprised it didn't take me longer the way I started. Yeah. I want to go back to something that I just thought about. Uh-huh. Not feeling worthy or yeah. not feeling uh, secure about yourself. And the word settle came to my mind. Yeah. As you and I have talked over the years. We both settled. You and I settled mm -hmm. early on. Let's talk about that for a moment. Yeah. Concerning our education our jobs, our career? How did we settle early on? Well, this is where, had I had a mentor, I settled in the location of my my university. I 
I did want to go to OU because I one did Well, explain what OU is to listeners. University of Oklahoma. Okay. My parents were living in the area that the University of Oklahoma was, but I chose to go to a smaller school an hour and a half away because I didn't think I had what it took to get through a larger university. What do you think now? Yeah, I could have. You, you for could sure. have you could have thrived in that. And I could have excelled and could I have had more open doors possibly, but in my mind at the time, I chose to settle. I also chose to work my butt off. Again, I paid for everything by myself. Fortunately, I got a grant, but any extra money was on me. And so I worked 20 to 30 hours a week and took my slackered semester was about 16 or 17 hours. On average, I took anywhere from 18 to 21 hours because I... I need to just get out, you know. Okay, talk about for a moment that you you believe you settled. You think you settled on the college that you chose, right? Although you went to a good college, right? right? Sure, All I right. got a degree. Yeah. Did you settle on choosing a major? Yeah, I did. I settled on something that would be safe, and I knew I could get a job. So I started as a theater major. Well, I started as a theater major, but then didn't go that route. Decided to get a public relations degree communications degree because I that would be safe that was more practical okay whereas somebody should have said okay you have this creative bent let's look at a creative job or a creative degree that would allow you to be creative I mean public relations you can but I just thought how can I get out quick and so you know I wish I would have had some business marketing or something like that again just trying to navigate it all on my own and just settling for the quickest way out so I could get a job and be out for my parents' umbrella. That's a, the truth of it, yeah. I settled by the college I chose. Yeah. I went to a junior college. I guess they call it now what? Junior college. Is it a junior college? I think so. I thought it was called a community college. Community yeah, college. Yeah, guys, that shows our age. <laughs> but And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But I want you guys to hear me on this, and Christina as well. Mm-hmm. I know that I settled yeah. by doing that. It was in my hometown it enabled me to do this, this, and this. Like I could work so many hours. Again, I was on my own. But what happened inside of me caused me to settle. I was yeah. insecure about my future, about myself, about my skills, abilities. Oh, okay. And then I transferred to a college where my older sister attended. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But I didn't really even check the college out. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that's, you know what I said? That's good enough for Chris Elledge. Yeah. And so what we're saying is a mentor could say, okay, that's good enough, but what do you want to do? What are the possibilities? What would it look like to explore other places? And don't misunderstand this. I'm, we're not saying you have to go to college. Exactly. But what are you settling on? Right. All right? Is yeah. it, you're, you're, if you're hearing this, what is it in your life you're settling on concerning your future career, education, experiences? What are you settling on and why are you settling? Yeah. Is there something inside... And so a mentor, you know what? You have such a privilege and responsibility to address that. What is causing this person to settle for their future? And I just want to reiterate, if you're listening and you go, wow, I have a few people in my life that they're in this season of, you know, pursuing their education, come alongside them, ask them some questions. Chances are it will It'll be welcomed and well-received, and you have a unique opportunity to get involved in a person's life when they are in the most transition, possibly 
they'll ever be in. So, and l- let me put a pin in that for a moment. That yeah. we're talking about younger people initially, yeah. starting college or starting a career. Let's talk about people um, early adulthood and middle age. Yeah, it's the same thing. Right? Are you settling? Yeah. Do you and you still for that concept, some, right? For that concept, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. also could use some help. Yeah. Especially if you're changing careers mm-hmm. or you feel stuck. You know, let's jump to what are the things that fall under this category when we're talking about professional education? It makes sense. Well, it's your job and education. But there's things that you could talk about as a mentor to a mentee, your education for sure. But it could be things like life skills. Okay, you're in college or, you know, you're a 30-year-old single male adult what are some life skills you need to develop? I've helped young women uh, put together a budget, learn how to cook. There's life skills that we can talk about in that category. Well, a life skill that I believe if it's considered a life skill is how to effectively connect to a supervisor at work. Sure, yeah. Here's an example. Years ago, I was a photographer at this studio, and um, I didn't feel like I was making enough. Uh-huh. And, and I actually wasn't, so I thought I was pretty assertive. But I was also aggressive in this. And guys, what I'm telling you, don't do this. Yeah. What I, I went to the, the manager, and who was also the owner of the photography studio, and I said, I'd like to talk to you about a raise. And I, I had learned so many different skills, uh-huh. not only as a photographer, but in the office and the management of things there as well. Not the management, but other aspects of the company. Uh-huh. And I thought, I deserve more money. And I actually did. Yeah, that's but my, a good thing. My pro- approach was wrong. <laughs> So had I had a mentor to say, Chris, you're going to ask for a raise. First of all, you deserve a raise. Right. But let's go through the process. Yeah. Again, this is under life skills. Yeah. I go into his office and I ask for that. He goes, give me a couple of days. I'll get back with you. Yeah. And I'm thinking I was being paid by the hour. And so this is many years ago. And so I was expecting at least a dollar an hour raise. Whoa. This was more than 30 years ago. Wow. Okay. So I go in there and... I'm excited, uh-huh. confident. And he said, well, Chris, I've been thinking about it. And he said it with such confidence. Yeah. I'm going to give you a quarter an hour raise. Uh-huh. I thought he was joking at first. <laughs> and I thought, what a joke. Yeah. You know what I said to him? I know what you said, but tell the listener. Guys, as the listener, this is what I said to him. I looked at this man who owned the company, yeah. who was my supervisor. Yeah. All right. And I said, a quarter? Is that all? I said, well, you can just keep it. <laughs> I actually said that to him. Lesson one-on-one on on what not to say. He could have fired me. Yeah. Okay? Probably should have. He said, well, Chris, what were you expecting? I said, at least a dollar an hour raise. Yeah. He goes, well, I can't do that. He said, all right, I'll give you 50 cents. Wow. I left there not satisfied. Wow. But my point is, guys, I did not have... You needed a mentor to give you some life skills. I needed some life skills and just in dealing with your manager, a supervisor. Right. What are some other things that fall under this category? Well, what about somebody who just feels stuck in their job? We've we've talked a lot about, you know, maybe younger. But what if you're mentoring somebody who's near retirement age or they've been at their job for 20 plus years and they feel stuck? That's a conversation to have. You could be a connector for that person if they want to see some change or they're they're not satisfied with what they're doing. Yeah. And it can be different ages of people here, sure, right? that's what you I can, just said, yeah. Right. So did you just say that? I just said okay, that. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so we have a, a good family friend, a good, we have a good friend who's a family I can't even say this. We have a family friend. Who's 
like a son. He just graduated college, uh-huh. and he's looking for his first real job, per se. Yeah. And so you and I, our, bra- our brains have, have just learned this over the years. Yeah, we're going, pew, 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 pew. Yeah. Who can, Who can I connect him yeah. with? Mm-hmm. And you mentioned the company. Yeah. I mentioned a company. And we know people a little bit. And right. these companies thought, yeah. what if we connect this young man? Right. Because he's more reserved. He's probably nervous about this. He wants help. But he wants yeah, help. Right. But that's another life skill. Have you been taught to ask for help? Right. So anyway, with that anyway, said, be a connector. Yeah. Take some of the pressure off someone and say, you know what? Even if you're this person's older and they say, I, I feel like I, I need a different position, a different job, a different career. Stop and say, who do I know? And if you don't know someone as, as the mentor to this person, who do you know who might be able to help them? Right. Be so an advocate. Let's kind of zip this up and talk about... Obviously, it's a no-brainer if you have a job. A lot of times there is stress on the job. That will affect the other five areas. If you're stressed out at work, it could affect your physical. If you bring it home, it's going to affect your relationships at home and with others. What if you have a boss who continually is really not a very good boss? Maybe they're... um, uh, selling you short or, or saying things that are untrue. What if you start believing those? Then that affects your mental, emotional. So it's important as a mentor, talk to your mentee about their job, about their education. And as always, want to give you a tool. How do you do that? Well, glad you asked, right? <laughs> We've got some role play questions. Chris, I'll ask you these questions and you will answer truthfully. But these are Four questions, they'll be in the text, that you can ask someone to get the ball rolling for authentic conversation in this area. Let me just tell you what they are, and then Chris, why don't we role play those? How satisfied are you with your professional or educational condition? That's Condition. With like your, your situation, maybe? Situation, situation, condition, that's a weird word, yeah. And then you just ask them to rate yourself. Once you rate yourself on a scale from 1 to 10, and then... Ask why the rating. Ask for what is your vision for the future in this area? And then what would be a natural next step? So Chris, in the few minutes we have remaining, let's do that. Chris Elledge, how satisfied are you currently with your profession? Well, just so you know, you and I lead a mentoring nonprofit. So the listeners understand this. I know this. You know this. No, so the listeners understand. We lead a mentoring nonprofit called Fahrenheit Real Life Mentoring. The podcast is another aspect of that. Mm-hmm. I am very satisfied, I would say about an, a seven or eight. Okay. And I say a seven or eight and not more because there's stress involved with it as well. Sure. Anytime yeah. you have your own business, you lead, you're a leader, there's wonderful things about it, and there's just stress involved. Right. As a nonprofit, we raise funds for this. It's things like that that I love what I get to do with people. It's the administrative side that, that kind of stresses me sometimes. Okay, let's put a pin right here. I have a very chatty mentee in you. If you are a mentor and you're asking this question, yes, and your mentee is not as chatty as Chris Elledge, you may have to ask them, hey, what would you rate if they're like, yeah, I'm satisfied? Oh, I see pause, what you're saying. Pause, pause, pause. Then... Okay, what would you rate yourself? Oh, probably a 10. Silence. Okay, why? That's a pretty high rating. Why would you rate yourself? I don't have to pull things out of you. But for someone who's listening... Nor do I have to pull things out of you. (laughs) 
but that's for a someone good, that is an excellent point though this is a tool that can help you get conversation started with somebody who is not as chatty so you you already told me your rating and why you would rate that self so then i can ask you the next question what's your vision for your future in the area of your profession i want to quit everything and move to a beautiful island <laughs> and just be taken care of the end yeah. but that's not going to happen right what is my vision, my vision, my vision, vision for the future, for my career? And that's broad. So here's another uh, narrative that okay. I can give to you, the listener. You may just say, what's your vision for this next year okay. in your profession? So always be attuned to your mentee. Asking them their vision when they're 25 for their profession could be too much. It is. You may it overwhelm is too much, them. I, th I think. So maybe just saying for this year, maybe. What is your vision for this year? Well, job. you and I had a planning meeting last week, and I am reorganizing my work week. Mm -hmm. There are certain days I'm going to do certain things, and that's all I'm going to do because my mind has gotten so jumbled at times. Mm -hmm. So you've mentored me in a way, mm. in a, an aspect there. Chris, let's, let's line it out each day and only stick to those responsibilities mm -hmm. to let your mind kind of rest. So I'm also let me circle back. What would be your vision to have a... A clear boundary of each day holds its own activity. And I'm actually working on that. That's amazing. Finalizing that. And so in what would be a natural next step? Well, let me add let me go back to that though. Uh -huh. I want a balance of things that I enjoy doing in my job mm -hmm. with a balance of things that have to be done, but I'm not crazy about them. Sure. So if I spend the first two days of the week only doing things that I just have to do, mm -hmm. that's probably not the best way to start my week. <laughs> yeah. Now, I do realize some of you are listening to this and you go, well, Chris, there are so so many things in my job I don't enjoy. Right. I realize that. But if you have a choice, have a balance with that. Right. So what was your qu next question? So then you could ask your mentee what would a natural next step be. And you've kind of alluded to that already. Right. Yeah. As we end this up, we've we've talked a lot about a lot of different things. Just kind of want to summarize that we've talked about the six areas, this particular area is someone's profession or their education. We talk about it because it's important, especially if you have a younger mentee where they're in college or looking toward a future. It's so important to ask some questions. And then we've given you this tool. Anything else? The reality is we spend so many hours on the job. Yeah. We spend much more usually on the job than we do at home, mm. unless you're retired. And so if you need some help in some of the areas concerning your job and your career, ask for help. Yeah. Find a mentor, not just for one month, that would walk some of this journey with you yeah. and help you specifically in that area. But I, I do believe this as well. Just giving me a new job may not take care of everything. Sure. If I have a wrong perspective about myself, if I have a settled mentality, this is good enough for me. Yeah. Those things have to be addressed as well. And that's part of the reason we're doing this podcast. Great. Well, as always, we just want to thank you for tuning in. We know you have lots of options. If you've enjoyed this, would you subscribe to our podcast? Then you'll be notified when we uh, release a new one. You can leave a rating and review. And hey, why don't you recommend us to a family or friend, especially somebody younger who may need to hear this today. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in to Real Life Mentoring Podcast. <laughs>